We're midway through 2020. However, it seems as if the year never even truly caught steam. During this pandemic, our cocoon of perfectly crafted schedules, routines, and plans has given way to uncertainties and insecurities. Although not without a sprinkling of hope and this desire to make lemonade. Through this series, we'll take you on a journey through the hearts and the minds of people around the world and their unique experiences of living in a lockdown planet. I'm your presenter Shragun Trisal and this is Letters from the Lockdown. In this episode, we're going to hear from an Italy-based automobile designer about how he dealt with the constant flow of gloomy news during the lockdown. A PhD student shares how she just about managed to travel from New Jersey to Toronto to be locked in with her boyfriend. And our featured guest Anshul Tiwari talks about his trip to Europe and his fear of being a carrier of the virus. Finally, stick around for today's featured music. Our first letter of the episode is from Rudraksh Banerjee. Rudraksh grew up in Delhi and is at present living his dream as a car designer in Turin, Italy. An army kid, he grew up with the values of sincerity, punctuality, and work ethics. Rudraksh says he's childish, but his natural childlike naivety works in his favor usually. He feels he's malleable and people with very strong belief systems generally make him very uncomfortable. Rudraksh is locked in in Italy alone. In February at work, we were busy preparing for the Geneva Motor Show. It was going to be a very important one for the company and also very important for me personally because it was going to be my first time there, not as a student but as a professional. Things were changing fast. We were waiting to see if the Geneva Motor Show would be cancelled and it eventually was. Turin is the region of Piedmont adjacent to the region of Lombardy which is quite affected. My flatmates had already left the city and gone back to their homes while they could. On March 9th we were told that we would be working from home until further notice. As a designer this wasn't really so bad. I'm able to accomplish most of my tasks from my computer. It was more of a logistical hurdle which didn't take us long to overcome. It didn't really affect me professionally or financially and I'm extremely grateful for that privilege. Every day I was waking up to bad news, horrible social media posts, videos of doctors and patients, coffins being carried in military trucks, people being buried without their families and I couldn't believe that it was all happening just around me. I became very scared of the world outside. I've always been a fearful person in general. I'm not much of a risk taker, but this wasn't normal fear. I became hypersensitive to everything I felt. I was noticing even the smallest of changes in my breathing. and fearing that i may be infected i would take my temperature multiple times a day an odd sneeze or cough would give me anxiety and i would start hyperventilating which was even worse it was like a loop of anxiety that kept accelerating and i was alone too i had no human interactions unless it was through a screen there were days when i would wake up live through the day and go back to sleep without using my voice even once throughout the day luckily i had my girlfriend who i could call whenever i felt anxious and cried out She was locked down in Belgium and I don't think I did her any favors by unloading my anxiety onto her but without her I would have been completely lost. She made me promise to stop watching the news and stay away from social media. But literally everywhere I went to escape from the C word it was there. Everyone was talking about just this one thing while I was longing for a normal conversation. I would wake up to WhatsApp messages with links to articles that I would invariably end up reading. and then end up watching my breath the whole day i tried to find ways to distract myself i started watching nostalgic tv shows 
friends, that 70s show, How I Met Your Mother, etc. Shows that reminded me of simpler times. Also watched Community, which I can say is the best TV show ever. I consciously stayed away from anything that could elicit any feeling of fear or death. Trying to create my own kind of made-up reality within the walls of my house, with made-up friends inside my Netflix account. I got a new guitar too, and decided to get better at it. That used to take up a lot of my time, because I couldn't accept how much I sucked at it. My friends and I even turned our traditional Saturday dinner parties into Skype dinner parties. We all kept each other sane. It's been about three months now, and we are starting to slowly resume our lives. Fortunately, I'm readjusting quite well. In hindsight, considering how much and how badly some countries are affected, my problems don't really seem as tough as they did at that time. I've been blessed to have a great support system in my family and friends who were always there for me whenever I felt isolated and afraid. This letter was read by Santosh Nair. Fear, anxiety and paranoia have been the unwelcome guests for so many of us during this lockdown. While it got a lot worse for many, the lockdown also showed many others a silver lining. Like JJ, who writes to us from Nairobi, Kenya. Before the lockdown, she was on the brink of depression. Her work had taken over her life. Life was coming at her fast and she wanted to quit her job. But, she says, the global lockdown came at a rather opportune time for her, giving her time to breathe and allowing her to hear herself think. She's also grateful to still have the job she was planning to quit and being on full salary. But it is because of this gratitude she makes sure she supports small businesses around her. It's all about giving back, she believes. The lockdown has affected all of us differently, but it won't be wrong to say that it has changed a lot of plans we'd made for this year, for better or for worse. This brings us to our next letter from Stuti. Stuti is a 28-year-old PhD student by day who's aspiring to acquire some talent at other times. She is locked in with her boyfriend in Toronto, Canada. Like so many of my contemporaries, I thought I was this close to fixing my life and having all the answers that one seeks just before the world went into a hasty lockdown. I had a research idea and proposal, drive to go after it and had even started publishing on my proposal. Obviously, 2020 had other plans. 2020, a year we will never be able to live down. 2020. Those who know me know my struggles with long distance. I've been in a long-distance relationship for the last two years. And in the same time, I've been a long-distance daughter, sister and friend. Home is an ache I carry with me, subsuming so much of who I am. In these two years, I have become an expert at finding cheap flight deals and an even bigger expert at going through customs and immigration with relative ease. Monthly visits between Toronto, where my boyfriend lives, and New Jersey, which I struggled to call home, had made me adept at learning flight schedules and understanding which flights are more likely to get cancelled. I once spent 28 hours at the airport, shuttling between terminals and cancelled flights. So, I knew this pandemic would impact my planned travel to quarantine with my partner. And I did what we all do, overthink the hell out of being able to travel. In March, we didn't think we would be quarantined till June. In March, the threats of COVID-19 and the subsequent failure and confusion of most governments 
was still only a looming threat. Somehow, armed with a huge container of Lysol disinfectant wipes and an airport mask, I made it to my partner's home, where I have been for almost three months now. Weirdly, this pandemic brought us to live together, seeking comfort in each other and learning to give space and support in interchanging order. And while we were healing, the world was crumbling. Since March, my heart has been in a permanent state of being broken. The plight of migrant workers has been gut-wrenching. Can somebody please tell me why we call them migrant workers when I, an Indian citizen being funded by a US public university, don't get called that? Watching city builders and city inhabitants being forced to walk hundreds of kilometers back to their homes has undone any form of self-actualization. How can I think of myself and my problems when all of India is going through such a systemic failure? How does one comprehend the senseless violence and occupation that is going on in Kashmir since August 2019? I don't know what the future holds at this point. It too seems distant and unforgiving. The waves of helplessness have finally overpowered me and I don't know where we go from here. And while this quarantine has been about so much more, it is this feeling of disconnect and disjuncture between who I am, how I grow and who we are as people plugged into this cruel world that will live with us as generational trauma. I'm curious, do other people feel similarly? This letter was read by Pamela Paul. This lockdown has given us much to worry about, much to stress about and much to feel guilty about. While there have been many challenges, there have been some rays of hope too. And for those of us who somehow managed to be locked in with people we care about rather than being alone, aren't we grateful? Deepthi Matinamane, who's written to us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, says she's actually glad that she managed to make two trips to India last year. This gave her a chance to enjoy her mom's coffee in the morning and her dad's tea just before noon. Had she not, she probably would have gone without seeing them outside of her phone screen for two whole years in this new world with an unofficial travel embargo. Speaking of travelling, our next letter is from Anshul Tiwari. Anshul is a social entrepreneur and a young media influencer. He is the founder of Youth Ki Awaz, India's first and largest platform for the youth to address and engage on critical issues. Anshul founded the site while he was still in high school in 2008 and today boasts of 4 million readers. He is an Ashoka Fellow, an Inc. Fellow, a United Nations ITU Young Innovator and is listed under Forbes 30 Under 30 Asia. Anshul is locked in in Delhi. You should cancel this trip. All of Europe is dealing with this new virus, my dad had told me a day before my trip to Geneva. I was in Geneva late February when conversations around COVID-19 started peaking. It still felt like a distant reality. I had an entire break planned, a much-needed break. I had just moved out of my parents' house a few months back and was tired from all the moving and hustle. I thought I'd head to Germany and Austria after my meetings in Geneva. Go shopping, sleep a lot, eat a lot and the usual. Are you okay? Are you able to breathe fine? Try holding your breath for 10 seconds at least. My dad had called again. This was my third day in Geneva and things had already started to feel a bit odd. The streets were empty, as if there was a curfew. 
For an already quiet city like Geneva, this seemed particularly odd. I remember having lengthy discussions with my colleagues there about whether I should cancel the rest of my trip. Well, more people die of the common flu than COVID. Don't worry, just finish your trip, they said. There were less than five cases in Berlin at that time. And so I thought, I'll wash my hands and be careful. Everything will be okay. But just a week before my trip to Berlin, a COVID-positive man in a nightclub had infected 16 others, who in turn had infected many more. And Berlin, before we knew it, was on fire. I cancelled my trip to Berlin. But I still had a chance at a holiday if I went straight to Vienna. There were only five cases there. I booked my flight, landed in Vienna, and before I knew it, the cases had spiked to 50 within a day. It was then that it hit me that not only could I be one to get affected, I could also be a potential carrier. I immediately decided to head back to India. I spoke to my father and he said, there are seven or ten cases here now and they're all infected through travellers. I'll never forget my connecting flight from Dubai to India. Hundreds of travellers rushing to get back home and at least twenty of them coughing their lungs out. It was in that moment that I realised how seriously it was going to hit India. My anxieties had peaked and that two-and-a-half-hour flight seemed like a ten-hour journey. I still remember my walk to the temperature check post at the Delhi airport, probably the longest, heaviest walk I had taken, only hoping that I didn't have fever. I decided to put myself under self-quarantine at my apartment. I locked myself up, ordered supplies for two weeks and went into hiding. By this time, I hadn't seen my parents for close to a month. Little did I know that a week into my arrival, the country would go into a lockdown and I wouldn't get to see my parents for a long time. After three and a half months, when the lockdown eased, I mustered the courage to meet them, spend good time with them and eat the amazing Maake Haat Ka Khana, which immediately burst my bubble of having become a master chef in the lockdown. I almost cried because after such a long time, after believing that maybe I was asymptomatic, after trying hard to get tested but to no avail, after feeling unsafe for weeks, I finally felt safe. A part of me wished I had never moved out. My anxieties and fears from this lockdown are nothing when compared to those that were faced by my friends who lost their parents and loved ones to COVID, by the migrant workers who had to walk for days to reach home, or by the doctors on the front line of this crisis. As I write this, India has more than half a million COVID-19 cases. And counting. I've thankfully been safe and back home. But every time I hear of a COVID death of a distant relative or a friend's family, I wonder, what if I'm next? Or a loved one? Will me and my family get through this? And then I look out the window, and life seems to have already moved on. Markets are back in action. Roads are again seeing traffic jams. And it makes me wonder, what does a pandemic really teach us? Apparently, not much. This letter was read by Gaurav Sajanhar. Anshul's fears are completely valid. Statistically, the virus has been more brutal to senior citizens than it has been to the young. And so, we're always in constant worry for our parents. If we're living with them, we're subconsciously monitoring their every move. And if we're living away from them, we've probably had some heated calls telling them how they're probably being a little too careless. 31-year-old Sneha, who's been locked in Bangalore with her husband, is glad she no longer has to face the Bangalore traffic every day and has a lot more time to spend with her partner. 
But this joy comes with a lot of attached guilt of not being there for her dad, who's locked in alone in Kolkata, or her mother-in-law, who's locked in in Lucknow. She says it was as though she was living a scene from Little Things Season 3 and was constantly feeling that she'd let them down. All she could do for them was order groceries online and have them deliver at their doorstep while they went about doing all the household chores alone. Before moving on to the final segment of the episode, a quick shout out to Udita Chaturvedi, the producer of the show, to Payal Rathor, the audio engineer of the show, to Nishant Nagar for the theme track, and to all the voice artists who helped us lend authenticity to these letters. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Letters from the Lockdown. Or drop us your feedback, comments and suggestions at lettersfromthelockdown at gmail.com. And with that, we bring you the featured music of the episode. Formed in 2008, Farid Court is a Sufi blues rock band and in their present form consists of members I.P. Singh and Rajarshi Sanyal. Their music is a mixture of shifting blues guitars and harmonic love melodies blended around a thumping percussion and bass described in certain circles as confused pop. Anybody who's familiar with them has probably at least once in their lives rocked out to their hit single, Lela. You can check their music out on your preferred platform and follow them on Instagram at Faridkot Music. Our featured music of the day comes from Faridkot with their track, Bethe Bethe. I'm Shagun Trisal. You've been listening to Letters from the Lockdown. Bye.